Чорне море, чорне море. Edmonton, that was Millennia with a song from their most recent CD, Budmohe, hey, released just last year. And that song was called Chorinamora, which translates as Black Sea. Dobri vecher, shanovni radio suhachi, tabi tayu vas psich, na radio peredachu nash holos radio krinskoho korinya, kutrapod yesyevam na bahatomovni radio stansi, am trinatia dvatsiat chmb umisti vancuveri, i pomereji pcj radio mishnorodnumu. Pri mikrofoni povinama kori diaku yushtorishale pervutezimnoyu nestupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula demchuk Makori, Pogrinskaya Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me in this hour. We'll have an interview with Senator Raynell Andrechuk, who recently retired from the Canadian Senate. And the interview comes to us courtesy Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour radio program in Ottawa. As well, we'll have our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and plenty of great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a song I recently came across, performed by Sviatoslav Vikarchuk. And um, this is a song with lyrics as haunting as the melody. It is called Movchate, which means to be silent. Давай <laughs> 
Про те, що не можна словами сказати, не можна писати, неможливо зіграти, а тільки мовчати, тихенько мовчати. Давай мовчати про те, що дівчати не вміють сховати, не можуть спати. Давай про мене і про тебе мовчати, мовчати аж поки не захочем кричати. To the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochankoFoundation.com. Головна мета Ukraine War Amps – це допомога пораненим воїнам та патріотам, які захищають свободу своєї країни у сьогоднішній війні за Україну. Ukraine War Amps представляє програму «Всинови солдата». З вашою підтримкою наша організація зможе передавати принаймні 50 доларів США щомісяця для цільової підтримки якомога більшого числа українських героїв. 100% зібраних коштів буде передано напряму героям, пораненим у війні за Україну. Програма «Всинови солдата» будує унікальний зв'язок між вами і солдатом, якого ви підтримуєте. Все починається з вас. Візьміть під опіку солдата. Підтримайте героя України.
Contemporary songs, mostly, all in contemporary arrangements, certainly, pertaining to the ongoing war in Ukraine, a war of unprovoked aggression by Russia, now approaching the six-year mark. On this past Thursday, January 16th, Ukrainians solemnly recalled the fifth-year anniversary of the Battle of Donetsk Airport. It eventually fell to the Russian army's attacks with military-grade weapons, but for 242 days, an under-equipped Ukrainian army, aided by courageous volunteers, held them off, and for their bravery, fortitude, and acuity, they earned the label cyborgs. In 2015, with the help of Ukraine war amps, I had the privilege to visit one of them, a triple amputee, who, with the help of Ukraine war amps, is now leading a productive life. You can see that video on the Nash Holos YouTube channel. The song you just heard was 
Scottish Tereo Kufaika, a song about life at the front. And before it, Stobiutsiu, 100 Fighters, and that is in memory of the Heavenly Hundreds. We started out the set with Poparedu Donetsk, on to Donetsk. The airport is ours, the cyborg's anthem while defending that airport. A beautiful new billion-dollar structure, now a pile of rubble thanks to the Kremlin. That song reminded me of an interview with international war correspondent Sergei Loiko from 2016. Sergei spent four days with volunteers during the battle for the Donetsk airport. He wrote about his experiences in a book called Aeroport in Russian and Ukrainian, sadly not in English. He came to Canada in 2016 with a presentation, that one in English I think, about his experiences based on his book and that took place in Toronto and I had the privilege of speaking with him by phone the next day. If you'd like to hear that interview again, there's a link on the Nasholos website. On Thursday, on his Facebook page, Sergei posted a collage of photos from his time with the soldiers and volunteers at the Donetsk airport. I shared that post on our Facebook page. The photos were set to a song performed by Alexei Gorbunov, a contemporary arrangement of a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Oiche Tokin Stoyit, Whose Horse Stands There. Ой, чи то кінь стоїть, що сива грингонька сподобалась мені, сподобалась мені. Я дівчина, нанька, сподобалася мені, ой, сподобалася мені, та я дівчина. Не так та дівчина, як півеличенько, подай же дівчина, подай же гарная. Подай же дівчино, а й подай же гарная. Oh, 
coincide Jak słoneczko zjedzie Kochania Nawiedę Jak słoneczko zjedzie Oj, jak słoneczko zjedzie This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 
100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Condemnation, condemnation Doesn't change the situation Put in Hitler of today Who knows his final destination Now they all express concern The situation is unstable And they say we should return To the negotiation table Never heard the terms invasion Occupation, annexation Indecision, no resulting Incomplete capitulation Then they'll all repeat their lies Again to try to justify That for the greater good of all A country's freedom was denied There's two kinds of people that we've got in this world There's those who fight for change And those who find the reasons It's got to stay the same there's two kinds of people that we've got in this world There's those who fight for truth And those who find the reasons There's nothing you can do So which of them are you? As was many times before We've got to see this to the end To stand together yet alone And nation's freedom to defend they say the times have changed But if we're talking of Ukraine Stalin's, Hitler's and now Putin's Real intentions stay the same Be sure of this, you leaders Of the West you'll have to see Your cowardice in history Recalled eternally Your children and descendants Will disown you your names Ashamed that you betrayed A sovereign country Called Ukraine There's two kinds of people That we've got in this world There's those who fight for change And those who find The reasons It's got to stay the same There's two kinds of people That we've got in this world There's those who fight for truth and those who find the reasons There's nothing you can do So which of them are you? Democracy dependent On dictatorship is here The gas they sell you hates you But you have to live in fear So free yourselves from all The devil Putin has to sell then hopefully he'll leave us be and crawl back into hell There's two kinds of people that we've got in this world There's those who fight for change And those who find the reasons It's got to stay the same There's two kinds of people that we've got in this world There's those who fight for truth And those who find the reasons there's nothing you can do So which of them are you? There's two kinds of people that we've got in this world There's those who fight for change And those who find the reasons It's got to stay the same There's two kinds of people that we've got in this world There's those who fight for truth And those who find the reasons there's nothing you can do So which of them are you? And an original composition by British-Ukrainian Stepan Pasichnik, also known as Ludwig, and he was backed up by his beautiful young daughters, and that song was called There's Two Kinds of People. Up next is an interview with retired, recently retired Canadian Senator Raynell Andrechuk, and it was conducted by Irena Bell, the producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour radio program in Ottawa.
have the pleasure of speaking with the former Senator Reynel Andrechuk, who retired from the Senate last August. Welcome on the Ottawa Ukrainian Radio Program. Thank you for having me. Uh, Honorable Reynel Andrechuk, you have had a stellar career in the Senate, and your work has been so admired and respected over your 26 years in the Senate. And we'd like to hear about this. But first, would you tell our listeners what you did before you were appointed to the Senate? What was your career then? Oh, my goodness. I had so many careers. I was very fortunate. I started by practicing law in Saskatchewan. Then I set up the first family court at the provincial level in Regina, Saskatchewan. And I did that for uh, nearly 12 years. Um, And I was Chancellor of the University of Regina during that time. And then I uh, was given the honor of becoming an ambassador, high commissioner to Kenya, uh, Uganda, Ambassador Somalia and Ile de Comore, concurrently with the United Nations Environment Program, Human Rights Commission, and the Habitat, the housing uh, UN organization. So those were many careers in mm-hmm. one uh, uh, go. And so, um, and then it was the Senate. Mm-hmm. And uh, then as Senator, what areas were your focus? Well, when I went into the Senate, I wasn't sure. I thought I knew a little bit about the Senate, but I wasn't sure what place I would have. But I very quickly realized that policy is what interests me, not so much the politics. I used the politics to determine where I would go and how to get there. So if you understand that there is a government, an opposition, and there are varying points of view, especially in the Senate, because you have more independence there. And uh, so I decided that I would focus on policy and really learn the rules of the Senate and uh, see if I can make a difference. And so Obviously, I was, uh, I gravitated to legal and constitutional because I had been a lawyer, practicing lawyer, uh, etc., and there was a lot of legal uh, acts that come through. So I, I did that. But throughout, human rights was one of the uh, issues that concerned me very much, and foreign policy. So I was on the Foreign Affairs Committee and International Trade, and I was fortunate enough to have sufficient take-up by other senators to create the first standalone human rights committee in the Senate, which is still operating. And so those were my focuses. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it didn't take the Ukrainian community long to know that I had been active in the Ukrainian community, uh, in the organized part of the Ukrainian community. And so when I came back to Canada having served in Portugal uh, just before my uh, appointment, um, they soon found me, and I found myself back in um, with quite uh, an array of problems and issues. And the most notable at that time, of course, was the Holodomor, Mm -hmm. and and more recently the Magnitsky Bill. And your parents uh, knew the Holodomor firsthand, didn't they? Well, they knew it like so many Ukrainians. They knew about hunger. They knew about hardship. I don't think they knew about the policies of the Soviet Union, and I think that was true of all of them. Mm -hmm. My father came to Canada with my grandparents in 1928, and they knew that the communist regime was moving in on them. Mm-hmm. And so they left. Uh, my mother came in 1939, and there was the threat of Hitler at that time. But uh, my mother lived through, I think, some of the most fierce times of the Stalinist time. Her land now is under Belarus. Uh, before it was Poland when she was there, and she's of Ukrainian roots, so we had a little foot in all of the cultures there. Mm-hmm. And Saskatchewan was also an interest. <laughs> ah, well, Saskatchewan uh, to me is is my heart. Uh, it's um, 
so many Ukrainians settled there. And there are parts of Saskatchewan I go to that I can close my eyes and see the replica in Ukraine. I always say if you've been to Poltava, you might as well go to Melfort, Saskatchewan. The terrain, the the ground uh, is very similar. Um, For example, working with clay, with the land, is very prominent in Saskatchewan, very prominent in Ukraine. And so, um, yes, I think uh, the Ukrainian community was very strong there. And uh, uh, it was uh, very nurturing in that sense. Very difficult because they demanded a lot of you, (laughs) uh, which is good. It's a challenge and um, a harbor in the sense that they uh, took very pride in moving uh, Ukrainian Canadians forward. But Saskatchewan totally... um, is a place where there have been many hardships also. And the idea of uh, living by the next crop uh, is something that you learn in Ukraine, but you learn it in Saskatchewan too. So there's similarities, but differences, of course, the administrations. Yeah. And you led election observer missions to Ukraine. Yes, I did. Uh, I'm not sure how I was chosen at the start, uh, But uh, I had done election observing in Africa and other places. And so the concept of a free and fair election and and the neutrality that you have to have as an election observer was very important to me. Um, I spent much time with uh, election observers saying, if you have an opinion... Leave it behind, because what you have to do, if you believe in the rule of law, is look at what election missions are supposed to do, and you ensure that you do that, because then your opinion about whether it's free and fair has weight. If you actually follow the UN rules, the OECD rules, the OSCE rules, then you, uh, I think, do a service to the people of the country uh, that you are observing. And, of course, you understand that it is not your country and that the people's will should come through. And I, I was very fortunate because I met so many Canadians who observed through the missions that I chaired who were very committed to democracy, rule of law, and ensuring that the will of the people... Uh, came through in the election. So I was very proud of um, leading the missions and the people who served on those missions. And they do pop up now everywhere, and they say, you probably don't remember me, but I was on such and such a mission. And uh, so it's. um, I hope it helped Ukraine in its march forward. Yeah. And uh, you had mentioned uh, very quickly... You sponsored several bills in the Senate, those of importance to the Ukrainian community, the Holodomor on this genocide and the Magnitsky. Yeah. Yes. Interestingly, Holodomor was just being uh, discussed, I think, in academic circles and not so much in political circles, although it was just starting. So to the credit of the Ukrainian community, many approached me, both academics uh, UCC and and others about Holodomor. And I, as I said at the start of the interview, I looked at, that's a policy issue. Do we want to support a concept of Holodomor as a genocide? Because I was involved in foreign policy, I want to be sure that whatever I did passed the foreign policy test as well as my human rights concept of Holodomor. And I was able to do that, and we, the way I thought that it would be the best in education and policy would be, first of all, to get people to understand what it was, and therefore we passed a motion. Now, I worked on that very, very hard, and we got a unanimous approval. Now, there's a lot to that story, how mm-hmm. we got to that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a book that needs mm-hmm. to be written. But uh, we did that. Then I looked and I thought the elected officials in the House should actually start the bill. 
There was some take-up, but not sufficient. It took some time before a bill was introduced in the House, and of course I sponsored it then in the Senate. And I, and along the way, of course, the education, the, some provinces came on board, and I was proud that Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and, and um, it would appear BC is on board, Ontario, and we're working on those issues, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's very important. Uh, so that was uh, a milestone that I hope I've contributed. But also, the interesting thing is, being the senator and having this foreign policy and human rights was the timely mixture uh, that I was able to talk to foreign affairs and say, no, 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 it's not a Ukrainian issue, it's a human rights issue, and it is more than Ukraine, although Ukraine was center. And I recognize that the Kazakh community, Uzbek community, Russian community had some of the same attacks, although so much of it was centered in Ukraine. And I've recently been in touch where um, others are starting to look into their history. So Ukrainians in Canada have led, but others are beginning to understand what those policies meant in a human rights way and in a a political aspect of using food as a tool Mm -hmm. for uh, their own ends in in political ways. Mm And the Magnitsky Law as well. Ah, well, the Magnitsky Law started, and it's a long story, by others over in the House of Commons. And uh, it it resonated for a while, but it never came to fruition over there. I was then asked, would I consider perhaps trying it in the Senate? I looked at the bill, and I said, I very much believe in human rights, and it means for everyone there, not just one particular incident. So I said, if we're going to talk about sanctions against perpetrators, that it has to be uh, a concept that is in line with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, that all people should have the same dignity and rights. That's what we aspire to. So I said... Uh, the, the bill that was started was really pointed at Russia. And I said, while there may be some merit in that, I don't feel comfortable doing it that way. It, I thought it was timely that we have a bill that would uh, look at perpetrators in any country and see if they meet the test. That's the only way we can be fair. The, the other thing I was concerned about when I started to dig into this, that... Canada talks about international standards and points them out and wants the UN to follow them. They want other people. But the gap was in Canada that we were allowing perpetrators to come into our country, avail themselves of our schools, buy our properties, put their money here. So isn't that aiding and abetting the perpetrators who have done serious human rights harms in their own countries? So I thought it was the gap that we needed to fill in our our national law. We have sanctions state to state, and the United Nations has sanctions. But this is a a different kind of sanctions. It's a sanction that we say you, as an individual, we're going to hold you responsible without violating international law. We're going to say we are going to meet in our test universal standards But the consequences of that sanction is that you won't be coming into our country. We'll freeze your assets. It should be a preventative thing, but it also says that we're not going to avail ourselves of the profits at the expense of human rights violations in another country. It's a very technical, but a very necessary uh, law. And I was pleased. Again, it took some time, some persuasion, some education, uh, some alliances, and I was very, very proud to have worked at it, that it was unanimous in the Senate and it was unanimous in the House of Commons. Because again, as I, I think these are universal standards. It's not what I do. It's not what a group does. It's how you can manage a sufficient organization or an institution like Parliament to support what I believe are the very fundamental human rights that Canadians believe in. 
Yes. And you were chair of some Canada-Ukraine projects. Yes, I was um, Lawrence Decor from um, Edmonton, uh, Ukrainian-Canadian. He was mayor, many things. Started right, in the, right after independence in Ukraine uh, to look for a legislative project because we knew uh, the transition would not be easy from the old system to the new. Independence, I, I always say this in all my speeches when I go overseas, is now you have independence, now the hard work starts. Uh, Democracy is not easy. It puts a lot of responsibility on people and institutions as well as leaders. And so the legislative project uh, that uh, Lawrence envisioned and, and uh, brought a lot of us along was uh, to see if we could uh, work with parliamentarians in Ukraine to get them to see how they could adapt uh, democratic principles in Parliament to a Ukrainian situation. And so we looked at committees, we looked at many concepts, and um, again, it was it's very complex in our structures what we did. And unfortunately, um, uh, Mr. Decor passed away. He was ill. But before he he was ill, uh, and he knew he was chronically ill, he approached me to take on the project. Um, and uh, I could not say no to mm-hmm. him. And so I then chaired it for the years that it was in place. And I think we touched a lot of people, many of them that I see as leaders, many of them that I see as human rights activists, many of them I had seen in constitutional issues. And I was fortunate that I already had some links there. So uh, I think we did our bit there to get parliamentarians and academics and civil society to understand, understand that um, institutions are as important a double check as having political parties uh, is. So there are all kinds of concepts of democracy that we were able to put forward. So it was very, very, uh, very enlightening, and it helped me uh, that I came to the Ukrainian community in Canada to help them address what it's like to deal now with an independent country because so many of us had fought for independence and it was sort of our uh, movement towards Ukraine. And here we all had to learn how to work through our government and our foreign policy to achieve some of those objectives. So uh, it gave me a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, you have uh, been awarded many medals and awards over the years for your wonderful work in the Senate. And it was probably also an honor that you were one of 13 Canadians that Putin banned from traveling to Russia in 2014. But you had many medals and awards. (laughs) Well, being banned from Russia was a sad moment for me. Um, I didn't look at it as an honor or a badge of honor, I thought it was a sad day for the people of Russia. Ah, yes. That uh, the the leader of their country would ban someone and still say that he had democratic principles. Um, I was proud of the work I was doing and, and the statements I made, and I don't apologize for any of them. Uh, and it, it, to me, it was a sad day that we had come to the impasse that they felt that anything I had done was threatening. And mm-hmm. it's the administration. Mm-hmm. So I take pride in supporting the principles that I think Canadians believe in, that the UN Declaration believes in, but unfortunately did not resonate with the leaders in mm-hmm. uh, Russia. So it, it, I, but I continue to uh, maintain that uh, we have to continue to be vigilant mm-hmm. and address any violations and speak up for what we believe is right. And what were some of the awards that? 
Oh my goodness! I uh, Yaroslav the Wise uh, from Ukraine. From Ukraine, um, the first woman I understand uh, to receive that uh, award, uh, and I have, I have not. I'm very grateful when I get the awards, and I'm very touched, but I don't dwell on them. Um, to me, the pride is if I have changed an opinion, an attitude. Uh, I very much believe in sort of the changing one mind at a time. Um, I'm proudest of getting emails, letters, and people coming up to me and saying, I changed their life. Uh-huh, for the uh-huh, better. Uh-huh. Something I said in a speech, uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. something I stood up for changed their lives, uh-huh. and um, that's been the greatest reward. Yeah. The medals are kind of a nice Yes, feeling. and they, after all, you know, just emphasize how important mm-hmm. what you did was. Individuals notice what I've done, and if there's a collective of individuals, uh-huh. then perhaps my time was... Uh, well spent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Honorable Rainel Andrechuk, for all your wonderful work. And now, what will you be doing post-Senate? I'm in a panic. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I know that um, uh, I've I read recently, and I very much believe in this, I haven't retired I'm retiring to something, but I'm not quite sure what that is mm-hmm. yet. I'm still cleaning up files and, and organizations I've worked with. Um, I'm looking for a new challenge, and um, I'm not sure what it'll be, but I know that um, there's so many things left to be done, and I hope there's a place for me. For sure. Thank you, Renel Andrejczyk, and all the best. Wyżaju wsioho dobroho wam. Many thanks again to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nashholos.com where you'll find transcripts, archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast and information about the show. Again, that's www.nashholos.com. Nežalme še skinčela našu programu, že často domovi skazate do pobačenja, ale pred tem jo hoću zalešati vas takima slovami mudroste. Same sebe piznaj, druhomu dohane ne davaj. And our proverb of the week translates as know yourself and do not blame others. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll leave you with a quick toe-tapper by the Canadian Rhythm Masters, the Great Plains Kolomeka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. 
Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help me improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nacholas programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nash Holos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nashholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Shterodyakuyu. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.